What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Trapper Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Mo. Um, hope you all had a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You know what I'm saying? I hope everything went well. Hope your gifts, uh, your gift giving was spectacular. Um, shout out to Greg Zerloin. That was my major gift uh for the for the weekend. Um, and then I hope your family and, and, and everybody, you know, had a had a healthy and 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 safe and and a merry uh time with, with the, the loved ones and things like that. But y'all know why we're here. AJ in the building, Dre in the building, fellas. Uh, first off, before I even get started. Jerry, we was going through some similar things on Sunday, different reasons. <laughs> yes, sir. Different yes. reasons, but we was going through it on Sunday, bro. How are you feeling? Hey, I'm much better. As you can see, I got a drink in my hand right now, so that means I'm feeling yeah. better. I-, I couldn't do that this weekend. You know what I'm saying? I was out of commission, brother. <laughs> yeah, I may have to go ahead and hit the hit the uh, hit the fridge right quick when one of y'all talking. Get me a little drink, man. But um, yeah, I know you was going. I know you was going through it. I'm glad you're doing well. Um, you know, shout out to Christmas parties. Um, Lord knows I watched all but 15, 16 minutes of the game in real time on Sunday. So if you, you ain't missing Yeah, I'm about to say if you was wondering where was the post-game show, completely blame me. AJ was like, Where we at? I can't help you, bro. I'm I'm out of it. I can't do nothing. All I can talk about is reset. That's all I can do. Um, AJ, what's going on with you, player? How you feeling? Cooler, cooler, man. Just hopefully, uh, None of y'all cooties get spread through this damn uh, this damn show we doing tonight. Hey, you be all right. Put a mask on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a mask on. Nah, man. that's that's what y'all should have did beforehand. <laughs> hey, Monty Hawk, I see y'all in the chat. Uh, he said, Monty said, I ain't missing nothing. It was pure entertainment. Uh, that's great. First off, before I even get into that, administrative items, as always, man, if you are new to the Trapper Dive side, man, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. They have comments now on Twitter, right on the um on the Streamyard side. So uh, if you want to stay on Twitter, you can perfectly it's perfectly fine. Stay there, man. We're gonna see your we're gonna see your input on the conversation. Um, but if you want to be a part of the show, this is an open show. 
um as we're going to try to do that for the last two weeks so this week next week yeah three more weeks i think hey, Mo, so we got the spotify thing fixed that's all good now yes so we got the spotify thing fixed we got the apple podcast thing fixed um i i was i ended up barking up the right trees thank god and, and, and they was able to take care of things because lord knows my blood was boiling um and and the people who was actually supposed to help take care of this for me didn't do a damn thing so i'm just glad i was able to help get the thing settled so we're good to go um i got an announcement down the line but we'll we'll take we'll take care of that when the time comes anyway like subscribe audio side rate review if you haven't done that man we definitely appreciate that link to join the show is in the youtube description we will uh start taking calls like around 7 35 something like that so uh we want to make sure that everybody get everything off their chest on the panel uh with aj dre and myself um so with that being said man um i had a lot of catching up to do this morning uh, i went through the sam how uh snaps his reps um and that game altogether uh was uh, abysmal um I, I don't think i ever seen i'm sorry i don't think i ever heard because i was half sleep when it was going on um i heard a pick on the second draft second play of the game i heard the block punt um i heard jameson crowder fumble i didn't even know that he he returned it 30 yards before he fumbled <laughs> i heard Brees hall um house a 30 yarder the next thing I know, you're down 27 to seven, or maybe 20 to nothing at, at one point. I know they I know Chris Rodriguez ends up getting um the 12-yard touchdown run to make it 20 to 7, ultimately going down 27-7 or whatever. Um, it was one of those games where I'm looking at this and, and I'm saying I understand the 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 Josh Harris uh mantra at this point, like let Ron play everything out. But as bad as you get down to the New York Jets, I'm like, oh shit, he may, he may, they, he, they may put him out of his misery like after this week. Like, what does two more weeks have to do with anything? Like, it was that bad. And and I don't want to get down to Ron firing point because that's not the that's not the big conversation right now. We know what's going to happen with Ron, right? Um, but I think the big conversation is is something that we all know at this point. Ron Rivera benches Sam Howell for the second time in as many weeks um where we had this conversation last week not verbatim i may not remember the words fellas um but i i, I know we we said that if this happens again this was a bigger conversation than we would anticipate from from the standpoint of like ron you 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 said a lot heading into the season you said a, you said a lot in the middle of the season when he had statistically a very good stretch run and, and, and he performed well. I, I put the I put the, the YouTube film out there. Um, I'm not going to discredit him. But then you you stuck you 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 doubled down and said that they found the franchise guy and you benched that franchise guy twice. Um, fellas, I'm gonna give y'all the floor on uh what you all I don't know if you caught up on the game, Dre. I don't even blame you if you didn't, it's it's whatever. But I'll give y'all the thoughts on what happened Sunday, and we can kind of get into the how thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately for me, I didn't really have much to do on Christmas Eve, so I ended up catching the whole game. Um, <laughs> well, I did have something to do. I, I got invited to a party, uh, but I was like, you know, let me stick around to to watch the game because uh, we'll probably have to talk about it or whatever. But, you know, my two uh, partners here end up getting sick, 
with the cooties. So yeah, they had me sitting through misery that I could have walked away from. But unfortunately, I did see the full game. Um, from the full game perspective, I mean, with Ron Rivera, like we talked about with last week's conversation, that was the last leg that he had to stand on. Like that was the last leg of his chair, his table, whatever the case was, with Sam Howe. Uh, benching him again just further proves that this guy has no clue what the hell he's doing, what the hell he's talking about, what the hell he's evaluating. And there is no more table. There is no more chair. Um, like my my sub caption or sub uh, title says, sorry, Howlers, uh, it's over. Your fan club is over. Uh, you can do all the ranting you want to do on Trap or Dive, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever you want to do, message boards, you could do it as much as you want to. There will be a new franchise quarterback of this organization going forward. And Sam Howe is going to be relegated to the third team if he stays within the Washington organization, because you can't even have that man be a number two in Washington because he needs to still be taught the game, catch up to the game work on himself, I, I wouldn't even put him in as a backup <laughs> if, if someone got hurt next year. You feel me? Like, you need a better quarterback room. I think that's what Sunday solidified. Uh, shout out to Greg Zerline. As I tweeted, uh, in the moment of him making the the game-winning field goal, please go and donate to his charity of, of his <laughs> liking. Uh, you still got time to do so. Uh, he saved this organization from – not possibly having a top five pick uh, to securing at least at minimum uh, a fourth uh, a fourth overall pick in this draft. Um, I just feel like, man, the team the team is ass. You know, um, it seemed like they quit too. Like before Brissett came in, which was weird, but because it's like and, and it happened last last week too. Like the effort. I, like where did the, where did the juice come from? And, and, and I don't want to like specifically put it on a quarterback, right? But, nah, but you, but, but you, did. but like you should, to, but, but what no, what I'm, what I'm, but what I'm saying, I, I'll let you finish. But I was like, what I'm saying is like, how do you? And and I actually get your angle too, AJ. Not I on second thought, but it's like, how does it get to the point where nobody even feels like playing? And 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 like you're you're allowing the the lead or or the the competitiveness. That, that the team does have, like, in some places, like, it just submerges and, and, and disappears and just diminishes altogether, all because, like, you're not even able to do anything on one side of the football. I mean, I feel like the reality Granted, is... the defense ain't good, but yeah. Yeah, reality is they know the defense isn't good. The guys on the defense know it's not good. But you also know that the other side of the ball, <laughs> offensively, isn't good and isn't going to put up points because of your quarterback. Like the reality of the situation is defensive quarter coordinators around the league have caught up to Eric B trying to mask Sam Howe's deficiencies. And that is limiting from them being able to push the ball really downfield or be progressive as an offense. So due to that, if you, if you play on that team and he's the starting quarterback and he's being put out there, you feel like you don't have a chance to win. It's kind of like going to pick, play pickup basketball and you got next, but the two other people got next as well that you playing three-on-three three with and you've seen them play 
They can't hit a shot. They can't dribble. They can't do anything but but get in some cardio and run up and down. Like, you already know that you defeated. Now, if one of them get hurt and someone you seen balling earlier now joins your team, you got an extra pep in your step and you feel juiced and you feel like you got an opportunity to actually compete. Because the reality of it, Maul, is Jacoby Brissett being put into the game, it, it not only brought an extra oomph to the offense, it also brought an extra oomph to the defense. Them guys started flying around much more. They were playing faster. They were trying their best to make plays to get the ball back in the hands of Brissett to Annie up the score because ultimately these guys are competitors. They want to win. Uh, you know, honestly, as fans and, and us rooting for the best draft position don't want them to win, but they want to win. You know, like they almost pulled it off. But you could see that Jacoby Brissett put, being put in the game twice, not one time, twice has pushed that team to another Two different level. circumstances. One, so, one people tried to make the case that it was it was garbage time and, and the Rams were playing soft. That's, that's, that's what allowed them to get back in the game. And then you get a, a, second, a second time the very next week where Jacoby gets in towards the tail end of the third quarter and he does the same exact thing against a much better defense. Yeah, like the Jets are top defense in the league like their offense is is poo poo but their defense is no slouch you feel me and Jacoby Brissett was able to dissect it and I think it also speaks to the difference in leadership uh that's not to say that Sam Howe can't be a leader but Jacoby's a bit more vocal with it he he's able to reach across the aisle Sam Howe is a very reserved individual and he's not going to lead the way that you ideally would want your franchise quarterback to lead. And I'm only saying franchise because that's what Ron Rivera put on him. But he was doing before the season even started, bro. Like, I, oh, yeah, for I sure. that's- we, we we talked on this so much, man. To, to ask a fifth-round quarterback to come into this situation and be the catalyst to lead this team, it was already doomed for gloom. Like, it, it just made no sense. But overall, man, I'm just glad that this is almost about to be over. These guys can, you know, start planning their vacation. Moving companies can start to help Ron Rivera with his his arrangements. And we can start focusing more so on what is going to happen with this front office hire, head coach and hire, and also some draft talk, you know, alongside, you know, other people that we we interviewed before their um <laughs> their views. And also we got two of the two of the main prospects that could possibly be on the table for Washington being guys from our own backyard um, that went to Gonzaga and Olu Fashano, the left tackle uh, out of Penn State and came to Williams, the quarterback out of USC. So, yeah, I think that's the benefit, man. Hats off to them for pulling off the L. And um, I don't even got to say keep it going because it's just going to happen <laughs> over the next two weeks no matter what. Look, man, all I got to say is thank God they lost that game because that would that got a little nerve wracking for a second there, man. You know, when we were watching Sam Holland, him, the offense go out there, like Maul said, you go down 27-7. In my mind, I'm like, all right, we good. Even when Jacoby Brissett came in the game, I did expect him to play better, but I did not expect him to lead a damn near comeback win. I mean, he almost did it last week. Yes. I mean, he almost did it last week against the Rams. He just didn't have enough time, but this week, I mean, he had, like you said, he came in the third quarter and I I asked this more because I didn't look up the box score, the stats. 
because Jacoby Brissett scored a touchdown on every drive he's been in, every or at drive. least has the team every drive every he's drive. been in. This team has scored a touchdown. Minus That's the insane. one, minus the one where they punted towards the end of last the Jets game, where they they punted the ball back to the Jets. They right, the right. At but the end, but yes. the ones that mattered, where they were trying to actually take. They, yeah, he scored on every yeah, he they scored on every job, which is insane. Like I said, it's not expected, and it's even to the point where you can't even throw it out as some kind of fluke as all oh, the defense isn't preparing for them because we've seen backup quarterbacks come in the game, you know, to relieve a quarterback, and he comes in and he, he looks like ass. He looks like he's the backup for a reason. But Jacoby Brissett, it's just crazy because he comes in and it just looks like night and day. And like a couple of weeks ago, I would have told people they were crazy if they were saying guys quit on the team or quit because Sam Howe. But, I mean, I do think there's some validity to it. Like, I think the guys were getting a little frustrated out there with Sam Howe. I mean, not Sam Howe the person, but more so what's been going on this season. I mean, think about it. The offensive line has been called every name under the sun because, you know, Sam Howe's taking so many sacks. A lot of fans, you know, kind of don't know what they're watching, and they're thinking that all of these sacks are because the offensive line is just trash. So, the, you know, these guys see that stuff. Charles Leno's wife sees that stuff. Yeah, I mean, even though Charles Leno didn't play this week, but the offensive line has got trashed all year now granted they are a, they aren't a good line you know collectively but they aren't the worst line in nfl history as some of these fans will have you believe but not even just them the wide receivers terry and Jahan have been getting blasted all year you know terry this is the first year that we've seen terry kind of catch a lot of slander and folks are now saying you know oh this guy can't get open he's not this he's not that Terry's played with worse quarterbacks and still put up numbers and he's seeing this stuff it's frustrating we've heard his press conferences, you know, uh, the after game stuff. He's he's making subliminal little remarks. Terry's never going to be the type of guy that's going to go scorched earth and just start, you know, trashing guys. But those guys feel that stuff. And when it comes time to games, maybe they aren't running full speed at this point because they're like, well, damn, you know, he maybe he's not going to see me if I'm not his first read or if his first read isn't open, he's not going to be able to come off of that to get to me. So guys may not be running as hard. Guys may not be blocking with that extra authority. And then when Jacoby Brissett comes in the game, they look like a whole different team. I mean, every, you know, Jahan Dawson's getting involved now. Terry's getting season highs with uh, Kobe Brissett coming in the game. So, I mean, you just got a whole different element there. And those are the things that's been a real indictment on Sam. I know last week, like you said, some of these games, some of these guys, you know, they were coming out and saying, oh, well, they were playing soft coverage or prevent. They're not ready. But two games in a row, man, I mean, it's hard to kind of run from that. And Ron Rivera, you know, honestly, I mean, I they should start Sam Howell for the rest of the season. I mean, I don't know what he's going to do. I feel like they're going to start Jacoby Brissett for the rest of the season because of what they've seen. But at this point, it's like you you took Sam out two games in a row, and essentially the reason was you wanted to protect him. That's kind of embarrassing to me as a quarterback because it's not even about a prote- protection thing. To me, it's like you're saving him for further embarrassment. Like, that's what this is all about. Like, you don't want this guy to get further embarrassed at this point. And you have to think if they're benching him mid-games, they're having these conversations with each other in coaches' meetings yeah, or, yeah. you know, yeah, behind the scenes. Yeah, they're yeah. having these conversations it's, it's, with each it's other. It's been going on, bro. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure he'd have lost most of the coaches. Like, right. I'm sure they've been like Eric Bieniemy, the QB coach, have been like, bro, we aren't going to be able to get this done with him. There, it's clear as day that the office has been handicapped. Like, so it's even further impressive on Eric Bieniemy and uh, Tavia Pritchard, the quarterbacks coach, of what they've been able to produce with Sam Howe. That's why I don't like the conversation about Bieniemy so much 
Like, I'm not saying he's perfect, but to be able to do what he's done with someone that's limited and not being able to read coverages pre and post snap is impressive as hell. And that's another was- that's another guy. And I was just gonna finish, but that's that's another point with Eric Bienemy. That's another person whose name has been dragged through the mud. Now, you know, granted, even at the end of the season, we're still not gonna have a definitive answer on Eric Bienemy. I mean, you could fall back on his resume with the Chiefs and you know everywhere else he's been, but here as the primary play caller and him having this exclusive tag you still don't really have a, a clear answer as to what he can do on his own because of how this season has unfolded. And, you know, that that has to be playing on Eric Bieniemy because we've been talking about that this is a gamble for Eric Bieniemy. Like, honestly, I haven't been the biggest Eric Bieniemy fan this season, but I might be apologizing a little bit to him because it's like maybe he has been so handicapped with this office. Maybe Sam Howell has been kind of holding him back in a sense that he's tried to mask some of these issues. And Eric Bieniemy has been very diplomatic in his press conferences and everything, you know, to not, you know, throw the quarterback under the bus and all of that. But you have to, you know, feel like this guy, man, I got to protect myself at this point. I got to protect my reputation. And you, they, they probably had those conversations with Ron. I mean, just to close this out, my last thoughts is Sam House done. Christmas mm-hmm. for the adults. Christmas for the adults. Is coming January eighth. I'm already counting down. I look Christmas that just passed. That was fine. That, you know we spend a lot of money. We got kids. We got family. Whatever. But my real present is coming when Ron and the circus is leaving on January eighth in thirteen days. So uh, Hawk asked the the fellas, "Did you get a chance to read C.J. Mosley's comments post game on the Commanders?" Hawk, I did not, or maybe I did. Um, I, I, I'm gonna read you. Well, not read. I'm not even gonna read it. I just is remember. That, is that what AJ sent us? I thought AJ sent us a screenshot of like somebody. So it was a couple players that spoke. It was from Michael Carter the second. Yeah. Oh, okay. But the crazy yeah. thing is, he played against Howland College because he played corner at Duke. Okay. Right. So, so he has familiar. He has a, a, even more familiarity with him. But so I, I, I don't know if I read CJ Mosley's comments, Hulk, But what I do remember reading goes along the lines of this. Um, essentially, um, you know, they gave him credit and then they criticized them like a slight criticism that they can give publicly. Um, just that, you know, he has that live arm. He can make, uh, uh, any throw from, from the field. Like he's that dangerous from that standpoint. Um, it's kind of similar to how the scouting report came out about Dan, uh, Tommy DeVito when we were playing them and people were trying to like people from like within the Washington organization telling telling people like why he's a dangerous quarterback. Um, and then to that point, they kind of relayed that about Sam. And then they said what they noticed in the game had something to do with, yeah, like if we just uh, keep everything in front of us, uh, play smart and disciplined, uh, but also uh, 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 have good rotations in terms of like our disguises, like showing them, showing him one thing pre-snap and then showing him something after the snap, it can kind of get him, uh, look in a certain type of way like it could get him holding the football and we know that's what we want him to hold the football um so i don't know who said it i can try and find it when i'm done but but i think the the the, the reason why this is important and and kind of even understanding the depth in which like this is a problem uh to, to my to my opinion and why i think dre that i don't even know based on how they're saying like if even if you think about it bro ron said last week that um he would like there's no question you're starting 
he he's starting how next week, meaning this week against the Jets. Um, and then the same situation happens where you bench him, and then you bench him for a longer period, and then your response when when somebody asks you the same question, you say, We gotta evaluate, we gotta look into things. That's just that's just hey, we're starting Brissette. Like that tells me you're starting Brissette. Like there's no conviction, there was no like second guessing. There was like it was we're gonna look at everything. But last week, it was as simple as we're starting Sam. He has to work through this. They gave him that opportunity. Back to what I was saying, there was this play that I shared on Twitter. If you don't follow follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Let Maul Tell It. Oh, there's a Twitter handle right there on the, on the thing. Um, and go to my media, and there's this play where the Jets, this they showed a two-high shell, but like a pre-snap motion that Washington ran had uh, – um it indicated they were in some form of man coverage right and um post snap they rotated the field side safety so the one that's open like with, with all the space inside uh, on that side he came down to to like a i think like a robber role i want to say um right and the boundary side safety stays over top of terry who is to the far left running, I think, a corner route or something like that. I'm not – what did he run? Oh, a dig. I'm sorry. He ran a deep dig route, right? So to the slot, to the right side of Terry, is Curtis Samuel running an over route. And to the far right, to the field side, right, he's isolated. Brian Pregel is. He's running a dig to um, the middle of the field. So those are the three main routes you got to pay attention to. Point being that single high safety who uh, who is in that two high shell pre-snap up until the post safety post snap, right, is over top of Terry McLaurin where you have Curtis Samuel essentially one-on-one. I think, and this is going to be on the film session, I think it's going to come out tomorrow, if not Thursday. You'll be able to see it um, and, and, and see or understand what I'm talking about. And I'll kind of like show that play more in depth. But I think that play was important to show. If you all saw that on Twitter today, um, this is going to help generate the conversation. There was people who said that there was nobody open on that route, right? Um, and to some extent, I agree. I don't disagree with the fact that uh, people think that people weren't open, right? But I think the the bottom line in understanding two different situations or or some situations that gets Sam Howell in trouble um, was the fact that you had Curtis Samuel who won inside right and created some separation to the point where he is having a step on the defender he won inside and now he has a step on that deep over remember what i said that single high is now over top of terry he's he's just occupying terry who's running the dig curtis samuel is now only one-on-one that other safety who came down has no idea where curtis samuel is right and the reason why this is important is because when you're locking in on Terry McLaurin, which Sam Howe did on this play, you miss out on the opportunity to understand that your safety that you're keying on has no idea where Curtis Samuel is. Like, he's already out leveraged. He's not in position to defend the over route. So at this point, when you look at certain quarterbacks and you look at how a quarterback can help receivers, even though they appear to be covered, that is where you're talking about a quarterback throwing a receiver open. 
And for how who's in a situation who is who, who he's done this before throughout the season, that is not a, a, a rare criticism of how, right? That is a situation where you're talking about a person who I don't know if he got confused and thought that it was still a too high shell or cover two uh, a two man. I don't know if he thought that, but for him to not understand where the safety was or even know where the the other safety went is is the end is the is part of the the, the problem where you look at um how you're saying I wish that we can get to the point where we can make a play for our receivers. Like if you if you complete that pass, you're talking about excuse me not 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 completing because you don't even know if it's going to be a completion. But if you make that throw, you're talking about giving your receiver a chance with one on one, and there's nobody over top of Curtis Samuel. Um, and if that's a completion, you're talking about either a big play or even a touchdown. So I, I think that that's one example of where you're looking at a person who I, I don't know what he's seeing per se. And also, you got to ask the question if this man is even seeing uh, the field properly in the middle of the field. And, and that has to do with the, the fact that he may not be able to see over his offensive linemen. There's plays that I'm going to show in the film session that even shows that part. And I, and I want to I want to make those things clear. Like there are so many different variables that I don't know, but it's worth sharing to show that like this is a part where I, I don't even know if it's worth playing, Dre. Next. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tweet against San Francisco because this is going to get even more crazier. And then you got Dallas next, who is neck and neck with Philly. They're going for the division title, so they ain't benching nobody. And, and, and that's kind of where it's like, I don't know if Ron is going to be able to tolerate. <laughs> like, think... Bruh, starting Sam Howe against the, the San Francisco 49ers, then benching him again. And then starting Sam Howe against the Dallas Cowboys and benching him again. Like, what does that do for Sam? He just knows he's gonna get benched. He's like, damn, I hope I make it. I hope I make it, I hope I make it to the fourth quarter. I hope I make it. I'm o- I hope I make it to halftime. Like, like his, his his mental, he's cooked, bruh. Like, he's cooked. And that's and and AJ mentioned it's not fair. Like, he had a he had a bad shake from the get-go. 100 percent agree. We talked about that already. Um like this is the circumstances that he was dealt with, and and in a in a circumstance where, and I I think I've said this once, but I'll re restate it. In the circumstances like if the new regime had taken over in 2023, like and and everything with the ownership happened last year, and the new regime took over in 2023, I wouldn't even be upset if they went into 2024 with Sam Howell again with a plan to to build around him, right? But this circumstance is not is is out of his control. He had to play good or good enough this year. And like it's it's to the point where I don't even know if you see signs of a person that's that's gonna like grow out of the bad habits. Muted, Dre. Muted Dre. And I'm about to say, here's the thing, Ma. I mean, we gotta it everything shook out this weekend in Washington's favor draft-wise. I mean, them losing to the Jets. The Patriots uh, beating the Broncos and catapulting Washington to the third pick. And there's still a chance Washington can end up with the second pick if the Cardinals end up winning another game. So with all of that and a new regime coming in here, they just saw 
the only people that believed and gave Sam Howell this chance that he had bench him two games in a row. And essentially, you know, even though, like I said, last week in Ron's press conference, he didn't necessarily answer the question, but he didn't commit to how Ron's whole tune changed up and his tune changed up for a reason. We know that earlier in the season, as we talked about earlier, he kept saying, hey, we got our franchise quarterback. We got our franchise quarterback. But when he was making those remarks, Ron still thought he had a fighting chance to maybe come back next year. You know, now you're kind of seeing how they really feel about Sam Howell. I think the real reason they really couldn't go into this season with uh, another option or a better option at quarterback or at least a safer option at quarterback was because of the limbo they have on ownership and they couldn't really spend the money. I mean, that's why they, you know, you got to think about running a make or break year. They were re- they stood real pat this make or break season in the offseason on not really acquiring talent and free agency on everything. And, and and he also said to us, and again, this could have been kind of just talking himself into it, but he kept telling us that the roster was gr- good. The roster was really good. And I don't know if he felt like that because they were sniffing around the playoffs with Taylor Heineke. You know, I mean, and, and they still essentially pretty much had the same roster, you know, with with Taylor Heineke, give or take a couple of guys that you're surrounding Sam Howell with. So I don't know if he really felt like the roster was good or if he was worried or if it was a situation where they really couldn't do a lot of upgrades because they were kind of handicapped with hands tied behind their back because of the ownership situation and they couldn't spend money. But either way, Sam Howell got a chance a lot of guys in his position doesn't get. You know, he he got that chance, and a lot of fans they lashed on to him, and they you know they they, they attached themselves to him, and they were like, "Hey, he's going to be the guy." And he had a couple of good performances early on. People got attached to that. People said, "Hey, he's the guy." They didn't need to see anymore, <laughs> you know. But these aren't the people that's that 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 are going to be making the decisions next year. The people that are going to be making the decisions next year, we don't even know that yet. It's a whole new cast and crew, yeah. you know. And if they're believing Ron, I mean, you know, Ron can sit up here and say, hey, I got my franchise guy. And if Sam Howell is kind of consistently putting those performances on, maybe this new crew comes in and like, man, we can kind of build with that guy. But what new regime is coming in here after watching this guy get bitched two games in a row by the only people that gave him the chance and the only people that believed in him? And they're pretty much telling you. We can't we can't even evaluate the rest of this team with this guy. I mean, that's what they're saying. We can't evaluate this team because otherwise you already kind of know what your ceiling is with a Jacoby Brissett. You know, we, we you don't need to evaluate Jacoby Brissett. You don't need to know if Jacoby Brissett can come in the game and you know perform better than Sam Howell. You you already know what Jacoby Brissett is. But you went to Jacoby Brissett because you were frustrated at the the carrot guy that you had, and you're basically saying we can't do anything with this guy. So what do you think the next regime is going to come in here and think when they have to make these decisions? And on top of that, you have a top three pick likely coming in. I see a lot of fans kind of going to the Bryce Young thing uh, for the Panthers. You know, they're they're bringing him up and saying, hey, he's convenient arguments. Yes. You know, and they're bringing that situation up. But there's a big difference in that situation. First off. The, the people who drafted Bright, um, Young at, for Carolina, they're still in the building. I mean, you know, the front office, the regime, they're still invested in him. Two, they they don't have a top three to five pick to ponder his replacement this year. Washington has a top three pick with a new regime coming in that's not tied to anybody on the roster, and you have a huge question mark at the quarterback position. 
it's kind of a no brainer in the direction they're gonna go in, you know. <laughs> you know right. I mean? Like that, I actually I said that I was about to talk about that. Like up next, Dre, I, I'm so bro, I'm so confused, bro, because I look at this now. Granted, I don't want to sit here and say like I'm not naive. Like I understand there are several different avenues that a, a organization can take when it comes to like their first overall pick, right? I know that you can trade back. I know that you can settle settle at three, projected three. For, we're going to use three for this conversation because that's where they're at right now. You can settle at three and take an offensive lineman or you're the best wide receiver out there. I know that you can do those things, right? Um, but I think if your priority right now at number three, as high as you are, isn't it's, if your priority number one is not quarterback, bruh, and nothing else, like priority number one, understand that part. like then then what are we doing and that's that's my that's my frustrating thing because i, I see so many people like disco bro again <laughs> like he's he swears that he, he he swears that he's not making a case for for offensive linemen providing like different perspective like i've seen him use those words and i'm like bro like i've seen you literally say out of your mouth that you don't want quarterback you want offensive linemen like i know i know what you're doing disco but I, I say that to say, like, there are people out there who are legitimately making arguments for drafting other positions, specifically in the trenches. And then not only not only making those arguments, but they're exacerbating, like, the significance of what will happen if you don't draft them. Like, these guys are these, like, you're, you're not going to be able to keep your quarterback up if you don't draft the guy in the first round. I want the Penn State guy. You, you gotta, you gotta get him because then who, what does it matter if the quarterback can't stand tall? Jacob Morissette has just played two games where I had what? I only think he got sacked, bro. Yeah, I mean, if he did, it wasn't much. It's something you probably can expect. I mean, quarterbacks get sacked in the game. But Man, what run a five-five and got out the pocket, scrambled for nine yards. Bro. But what, what, this is what they're doing when they kind of talk about these other positions. I think a lot of them are honestly scared to see a, a young quarterback come in here and look better than Sam Howell because they told you they've been telling us all year alone that it's impossible to look better than what Sam Howell has done and put out the good that he's done. And it's also impossible to do any better than he's done because of who he's playing with. So they're scared someone's going to come in here and make them look like a fool <laughs> when they come in here and look better. And that, that's not to say a Caleb Williams or a Drake May or Jaden Daniels, whoever that QB may be if they go that route, is going to come in here and light it on fire year one. But they could come in here and look better than Sam Howell year one, and that bar is not even that high at this point. <laughs> like, that's a low bar at this point, you know? Like, <laughs> and, to, yeah. and to add, bro, like, my, my thing, when, when I look at when I look at this conversation, bro, and, and, and the reason I, like, I, I feel like it's important to say, like, this is the one year where I feel like everybody – like should be all on the same page and it's incredible that we aren't like this is the one year that everybody in terms of the fan base should all be on the same page and i think that's the one thing that i don't i know like i'm not when you when you dive into other fan bases on twitter you kind of understand that people are like they're split on so many different things and so many different fan bases right but I, but i think when you understand the the fact that you don't have an answer right now um and you have a top three overall pick it it should be about like uh, 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 unifying in the sense of whoever this quarterback is, we all have that one person who we can get behind and hope that they progress to the point where, like this new regime likes them. We want to build around this person. We want to make this work. And 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 I think 
another thing, another uh, another avenue of this conversation that people don't really understand, right? Um, I even heard B. Mitch on um, um on radio today say, "Man, if this if this pick don't, if this quarterback don't work, if y'all if y'all doing all this talking for this quarterback and it don't work out, don't ever talk to me about quarterback again uh, in the first round." And 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 like that sentiment, right? I, I'm I'm like this. It doesn't stop at one person. Like I'm not scared. Somebody even said on Twitter, um. I don't want to be in the Brown situation where we're going back to, to quarterbacks every three years. Well, guess what? They weren't stupid enough to sit here and, and find alternative solutions when they realized something didn't work. They kept trying. And, and they eventually, even though Baker Mayfield is not with them, they figured out the quarterback position once they got Baker. They got Baker. Then they transitioned into Deshaun Watson. Um, I think it was somebody slightly in between that. I'm not too sure. Well, but, Watson was on that suspension. It was uh Brissette. yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah Jacoby. So so like you you got you got Baker Mayfield, uh, and then you got Jacoby Brissett. But guess what they were doing when they found Baker, bro? Now they're building around ba- Baker. First off, showed flashes in his first year. He was he was he was on the bench. Um, the quarterback, the the head coach got fired, and uh Baker came in on a Monday night football game, bro. Got them the dub, and I think he went like five and five down the stretch, or like five and three down the stretch, or something like that. His next year, he goes with what eleven and five. I have to look at the stats to kind of remember. But my point is, when you when you talk about situations, because Tyrod started and um in 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 front of in front of Baker, and Baker was the number two quarterback that year, his his rookie season. But my thing is, when you talk about um uh the Brown situation, right? They found a guy, and once they found their guy, after years of trying, they was able to continue building around that person. And what you see today with the Cleveland Browns is years of of building and developing to the point where you have a solid offensive line. You have Nick Chubb, who's on IR right now, right? But you found Nick Chubb. You got Amari Cooper. You had Odell Beckham, right? And then you got a solid defense, bro, who's top 10 in the NFL, top five in the NFL. And, and you knew that they were teetering on the brink of being becoming a really good defense. It was just a matter of time until they found the right coordinator. They got the right court. They got the right coordinator now. Like those are things when you look about when you think about these quarterback situations, bro. I don't care if they miss in that first with that first round pick, bro. It's about finally finding a process and sticking to it, bro. Like we're not throwing darts on the wall. Like which veteran can we build in and like save our ship? That's what that's what Alex Smith was in 2018, bro. They didn't want to. They went. They didn't want to face the music. They went with Alex Smith. Like that, they were six and three, but that six and three was bullshit. They were about to be six and four against the Houston Texans. They lost to the Houston Texans. They ended up going what eight and eight or something like that. Uh, same thing with Case Keenum. They tried Case Keenum. Case Keenum didn't work. He sucked. Uh, what's his name gets fired. Now you started Dwayne Haskins. Um, like so many, like, and then Ron Rivera, bro. Like he he severely mismanaged the quarterback position his entire his entire tenure here. So you got to understand, like I'm not afraid to go into a 2024 season with a new regime, bro, who's going to sit here and pick their quarterback, whoever it is, right? Um, if they pick another position, we'll have to talk about that. I'm not going to be pissed off, but I, I think like the process is a is a really good time to to really start fresh with a with a, a effective process of going to the quarterback well and figuring out if we can make this work. And if it doesn't work, okay, cool, we tried it. We're going to keep pushing. But in the meantime, it's not going to stop us from walking and chewing gum at the same time. We'll still be able to build our team up while we try to while we try to develop this young quarterback.
I mean, and I you got more than one pick after the first round. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> like, you got more than one pick. And it's like scare money don't make money, man. Like, you got to take a chance. Like, are you just not going to draft players because some people didn't hit over the years? It's just, it's just stupid. Like, it, it's just stupid mindset. At the end of the day, we all say, oh, we need a quarterback. This franchise has never had, like, really a franchise quarterback. But then when it comes time to do the selection process, everyone wants to act scared. Like, you shouldn't go make a move to go get uh, an elite talent. If you hit, it's it's the most amazing thing in, in the world. If you don't, okay, cool. You still got a future to build. Do it again. You still get opportunity. <laughs> do it again, bro. Yeah, you, you still got an opportunity. So it's like. How could you be scared of that? Like, I don't I don't get it. And and that's why there are some winners in life and there are some losers. <laughs> and Washington's been losers for 30 years, bro. Like, you mean to tell me you had five – think about it like this. Hold on, let me go to – um, because somebody actually said it better than yeah, me. Yeah, before you even chime in, like, someone took a chance on an air raid quarterback out of Texas Tech, right? No one was viewing him as the top quarterback in the draft, whatever. They took a chance, and that boy ended up becoming Patrick Mahomes. AJ, you, you know a funny story about that? I actually got an argument with a guy. I'm not going to say his name, but I mean, because I've said this before. But I was advocating for Washington to draft Patrick Mahomes in the 2017 draft. And I had a guy who loves to watch the draft. He evaluates the draft. He said, you're an idiot. Imagine that translating to the NFL. In the store, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like everyone's looking at even CJ Stroud this year, like, damn, he could really ball. But what is the consensus of Twitter really saying? Don't draft an Ohio State quarterback because you've had issues in the past with other guys, or whatever the case is. You can't, you can't evaluate talent like that. That's not how that. Process well, AJ, works. we 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 can't draft Caleb Williams now because he cried in his mom's arms after the game, and there's been reports that he wants ownership in whatever team that he uh, gets drafted to. That's or been debunked as fault. He was born in DC. Like that's another on, thing. But yeah. him and Olu Fasano <laughs> went to school together. They not everyone together. Look, not everyone is scared to play in their hometown. Like, I mean, some people don't want to do it, and that's fine. That's their prerogative. KD never – he didn't want to play here. That's fine. KD's still a great player. He was going to be great wherever he wanted to play. But he wasn't – if he if the, if KD decided he wanted to play for the Wizards, he would have still been a good player. He, was, uh, he, would, he would have still been a great player. People have to knock this goddamn stigma off that just because you're playing for your hometown, you're not any good. Or you're not going to be yeah. good because you're playing for the hometown. Again, like I said, Joe Barrow, that guy, I mean, he plays, he's from Ohio, you know, big time Cincinnati guy. He plays there, got him, went to a Super Bowl conference championship. That shows you it can be done. Like, if the guy can play, he can play. The guy can play, he can play, bro. Think about, matter of fact, think about the people who was here, bro. Matter, first of all, John Allen is from the area, ain't he? Like, I mean, I'm, that's not quarterback, but he's you know from Ashburn. He's from Ashburn. <laughs> uh, he he's from the area, bro, and and whether or not like you you think you think very highly of him, he's a good player. Like he's he's not a he's not a a a, a mistake. Like he's not a he's not one of those castoffs or or people that or uh, he he doesn't belong to the stigma, right? Um, who else is from the area that we that we got? Dwayne Haskins, like Dwayne Haskins, we everybody knew um heading into the jump that the the powers that be was not the the people who drafted him. It was it was Dan and 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 the reports was they didn't even expect to get him in the first round. Like they thought he was going to slip to the third. 
um, or something like that. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of other people like who really didn't get a fair shake here. Uh, well, Dwayne didn't get a fair shake here, but that's not his fault. Like he just got drafted early, and, and there you go. Um, but point being, man, that, like you said, Dre, it's the player, bro. And if the player overcomes like that, that idea of like having that home team uh, or that hometown like feeling and that pressure on him, and he can deal with it, like okay, I remember AJ. I think you said something on online sometime why some sometime back, like bro, like USC is as big as it gets. And you had you had uh, uh NIL a money, bigger right? market, a bigger yeah, you market. Had a, you had a bigger market. My man, my man NIL. is driving a Lamborghini to 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 fucking school, bro. Hey, don't tell don't <laughs> tell our fans that because that's another reason they're gonna add to not wanting Caleb Williams. <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's just it's crazy, bro. And, and that's kind of where I'm like, think about it like this, bro. Um, this is what I was gonna get to too. Somebody mentioned, um, where is it at? All right, here we go. Um. Heath Schuler, Patrick Ramsey, Jason Campbell, RG3, Dwayne Haskins. He says, uh, fan base knows we will screw it up. In terms of my point of, I don't understand why this is a a, a, a debate. Five begin quarterbacks with. in 30 years. Five quarterbacks in 30 years. 1994, 2002, 2005, 2012, 2019. We know um, uh, Dwayne Haskins, we just kind of elaborated on that. Uh, RG3, uh meddled with right for all the, the all the reasons that you can kind of go through jason campbell then like so every every single season of his of his career a whole new different coordinator like and then First you're sitting years. behind yeah like all all of that noise uh patrick ramsey my 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 memory starts to get blurry uh i can as, i, as, I, as, I as can get i can help you with that one so do so do he shooter and patrick ramsey bro <laughs> So, first off, Heath Shuler and RG3 were the two highest-rated guys that we went for in the draft. I mean, as far as we were drafted in the top four, the five, whatever, we ended up getting those guys. Heath Shuler was – he was just, he couldn't play. He, he just wasn't it at this level. He just – it didn't translate, um, you know, at this level. RG3, we all know the story that happened with that. And then the rest of the guys – Patrick Ramsey, first off, we drafted him late first round. I mean, he was a guy that probably could have went in the third round. I mean, he was one of those guys that, you know, he, we might have overdrafted him because, you know, we needed – we felt like we needed a quarterback at the time. We went out and got him. But the guy was like – almost like Sam Howell in a sense. He he was seeing ghosts. I mean, he couldn't really get the ball out fast enough. He couldn't get – you know, progress past certain reads. But he had those issues at Tulane when he played there. Uh, Jason Campbell, as you mentioned – the guy had three office coordinators his first three years. And on top of that, Jason Campbell, I don't think he was ever projected to be a star. He was drafted by a guy who won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks who felt like, I don't have to play rookies early on. He can develop. If I'm going to be here long enough, he'll develop to where he could play in my system and he'll be able to keep things afloat. But, of course, Joe Gibbs didn't stay much longer after he drafted Jason Campbell. So he ended up leaving, and Jason Campbell ended up going different places and just being a journeyman quarterback. I mean, but the, the, and then there's Dwayne Haskins, the last one. Dwayne Haskins should have never been drafted in the first round. I think we all know that. God bless and rest his soul, Dwayne Haskins. But here in Washington, he was not mature enough to be ready to lead a franchise. He was and he was drafted by the owner against the advice of the guys he hires to sit there and scout and watch these players all year long. He bypassed their opinions and he drafted them and he put Dwayne in a position he should have never been in here in Washington. 
which a lot of fans kind of, you know, lose the nuance in that. So, I mean, that's kind of the, the story of the first round draft picks that we've had. We've had bad experiences, but the process has never been right here. It's never been right. I mean, for the most part, for a lot of fans' memories, the quarterbacks we drafted in the first round, you can kind of tower right back to the owner and Dan Snyder or even Joe Gibbs. I mean, when we're talking Jason Campbell, Patrick Ramsey and Dwayne Haskins, you know, in RG3, you know, those guys were pretty much kind of the owner's handpicked guys where the process just wasn't right. I mean, no one, you didn't have everyone on the same page, which is what makes me so excited entering this new phase, this new regime. Like, I feel like at least with Josh Harris, he doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to come in the, uh, the war room of, uh, on draft day and say, hey, this is the guy I want you to draft him. He strikes me as a guy that's going to hire people to make these decisions and he's going to stay out of the way and watch for the results. That's what I want my owner to do. My owner's not a scout. My owner's not a general manager. My owner doesn't really know the game like that. He spends the money. That's fine. That's what my, I want my owner to do. So this is the first time I really feel like, you know, in a long time, I mean, even before my Washington memory can remember that we're probably going to hire a GM that's going to kind of have full autonomy over the franchise. And that GM should be able to hire a coach with his vision and everyone should be aligned to who they're selected in the quarterback position. You haven't seen that as a Washington fan. Like you, you, you haven't, you can't, you can't tell me, you can't point to a year that you can remember it's before the nineties. Exactly. It's always been a shortcut. You cannot sit here and point to me anywhere where that has been the case here. And that's what makes me excited going forward because this is different. This is new. And this is, kind of how it's done elsewhere in successful places. So that's why I'm not kind of buying into this nonsense of, oh, you know, we drafted Keith Shula, we drafted uh, Patrick Ramsey and Jason Camp. I don't care about that. This is a new era. This is going to be done differently than all of those other situations. Number three overall, bro. Like, it's, it's as simple as that. Like, people just got to – I feel like people got to wake up. I understand that, like, you can have different opinions on – um like what they should do with the pick. Um, I understand that, but at the end of the day, like priority number one is quarterback, bruh. And you need to figure out if they're going to trade back and get a quarterback, if they're going to trade up to get a quarterback, if they're going to stand pat, take a quarterback based on how things move. Like at the end of the day, they need to, it's, it's all about how they're going to acquire their guy um, and, and how you're going to try to get the ball moving from that, from that perspective. Um, and, and honestly, bro. Um, and that's why I'm like, we should all be on the same page here. Um, and it's unfortunate, uh, to see like people are, are trying to make a, a argument, like just, just to, just to, I mean, for whatever their reasons are right. I, I got, I got blocked today by somebody who, who said Peyton man has sucked for the first five years of his career. And um, y'all are quick to give up on young quarterbacks. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, bro. Like, um, he did you a even, favor. He did me a favor, bro. <laughs> I said, you just like, you're just flat, flat out fucking lying. I cannot enter. I can't even have a conversation with you if you want to start out this the shit lying, bro. Like, what? And, but somebody had to remind him he was an MVP candidate in his second year, bro. But all right, I'm not. I can't do it. Um. <laughs> But point being, man, I, I feel like we should all be on the same page in terms of like how we're going to do this. Um, and, and I think that's the process that I'm going to get ready to enjoy. Dre said it. You, you said it not, uh, best, bro. Like this, the GM is 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 where things begin. The GM search is where things begin. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. 
but until then, we have uh, two more weeks, fellas. Uh, we're gonna have for everybody. First of all, appreciate everybody who's who's been staying tuned. I see you all on Twitter now. Um, I'm glad they got the comments back in uh, the, the stream now. So we're able to. If you're all on Twitter, see man, I see you. Um, who else we got? I saw uh, Darice. I see you as well from the Twitter side. Appreciate y'all checking in. Um, and obviously everybody, Hulk, and everybody else on YouTube, uh, Mule. I see you. Uh, appreciate y'all checking in too. If you haven't done so, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. If you're not on the YouTube side. Uh, head over there too. hit the subscribe button, man. That's where you're going to see some film breakdowns and stuff like that, uh, as well as the podcast, of course. Um, we're going to have a new perspective in on Thursday. Um, and I think this is uh, going to be interesting. I don't want it to, I don't want you all to, we're scheduled for Thursday. It will kind of like solidify things that day. But um, it's going to be interesting because there's a, a large, uh, like a very serious conversation in Jacksonville about trevor lawrence and i think that we all need to hear what that sounds like from a perspective that has nothing to do with washington or sam howe just a a a a breather a getaway from from this team and we can kind of tap into a different perspective and see how you all feel about the situation after we get done talking with a good man amp um on thursday fellas Fellas, fellas, um, that's gonna wrap it up for us, bro. Um, again, film session coming out Thursday, all 32 out tomorrow. Uh, the fellas, we will be back Thursday evening as well to talk with Amp, talk a little Jaguars, talk um Trevor Lawrence and his situation. It's very similar to Washington's, believe it or not, the way he describes it. Um, and, and we'll kind of see where things go from there. Uh Dre, AJ man, I, I saw I no, that was Marshall. Um, somebody was talking about color beat. I was like, the Wizards game must be on um, right now, but uh, we'll go ahead and kind of close things out here and call it an evening. Um, with that being said, y'all be safe. Show y'all evening, all that good stuff. Peace. Damn, set, huh? Watch him throw the ball. We gonna pick it off. You gonna let him hit the hole or you gonna cut it off? You gonna play through fourth and long or you gonna punt it off? Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trap or Dive. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.